Welcome to The Quiet Life. I'm Michael James Wong, meditation teacher, author, founder of Just Breathe, and your host for this podcast. Now it goes without saying that we're living in an uncertain time where everything is changing rapidly. We're living day to day, unsure of the road that lies ahead. And things are getting a little or a lot quieter. So join me on this podcast as we speak to experts and inspiring voices about home practices for your mind and mental health during this time of uncertainty. Listen in as they share their thoughts and daily practices you can do wherever you are. Welcome to The Quiet Life. Hi guys, and welcome to today's episode of The Quiet Life. And I'm very pleased to be joined by you know a really good friend of mine and someone who I really admire in our wellness community. And it's Shona Virtue, author, speaker, personal trainer, and yoga teacher with one of the most popular yoga channels in the UK and on YouTube. You know, Shona's method, you know, it's something she's developed during her decade of teaching that combines weight-resistant training, cardio, with her lifelong passions of yoga and meditation. And what's really great is that she places just as much importance on the rest and recovery as hours in the gym in the pursuit of fitness. Now, she is the creator of the Virtue Method, which is now practiced in over 60 countries around the world by thousands of people and encourages clients who include David Beckham and fans alike to acquire new skills while training and to play and have fun rather than just focus on aesthetic goals and punishing routines. Now, what's really amazing about Shona is that she lives and splits her time between London and Sydney, um, where she skateboards, hangs out in the sunshine, backflips, scrambles up ropes, and spends some time on the Brazilian jiu-jitsu mat. So, hey, Shona, how's it going? Welcome, and thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to chat. I feel like we're going to chat more than we have in like a long time. (laughs) I know, and it's really, uh, it's actually one of the most beautiful things about this whole thing, I think. I mean, we're very lucky in the sense that, I mean, uh, we work in such an amazing community. We're a part of something really amazing here in London. And, you know, even though I see you probably a few times a year flying by at different events or different kind of community offerings, this um, this podcast, these conversations have been so nice because actually I've been able to sit down and actually just have a really meaningful chat um, with people I consider friends and more importantly, people I uh, really think are, are doing wonderful things in our community. Uh, and that's you, of course. No, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, what this whole conversation really is about, and, you know, it, it would be blind of us not to consider how much is changing right now and how much is uncertain, kind of in this really interesting, unique time, not just here in the UK, but not just in Australia, but everywhere in the world, and that mm. we're all kind of being pushed indoors, pushed inward, and actually the volume is being turned down, whether we like it or not. Um And so, I mean, what's really nice for me is to actually chat with people like yourself, not only to find out more about kind of the world that you live in these days, but just kind of, you know, your, your version of the quiet life in every, any and every aspect of it. So before we get started, can you just give us a little what Shona's up to these days and just kind of the world that you live in? 
Mm-hmm. It's so funny that you say this because you're, you're, you're so right. It's like the volume has come down, but it's like the volumes come down on the outside. And I think that what that then consequently means is that you suddenly, you suddenly inadvertently have the volume on the inside turned up, right? And, and I know that you know this, um, but it's something that we experience every time we sit down to meditate or to uh, do Shavasana even. It's like as soon as you come into stillness, uh, all the stuff that you could distract yourself from in your day-to-day life with the quote-unquote noise around you um, <laughs> goes away and you suddenly have to, to face your, sh- your shit a little bit. Um, and it's your internalized stuff. And it is confronting and that your biggest fears start to come right to the forefront of your mind. Um, and I think there it's different for different people. Um, uncertainty has been, you know, obviously like the number one thing on most people's minds possibly, but also definitely uh, my own. Um, and I'm trying to juggle, I guess, a little bit of not avoiding the fear that comes around that uncertainty um, because actually – one thing I think I feel like I've really learned uh, through this so far, um, and look, we've got, we've got a long journey ahead of us, but I think that it's, it's made me realize just how much in my life I was addicted to control and addicted to the idea that I even, or the illusion that I even had any control. Um, and it's been really interesting to be a part of something where suddenly the rug is pulled out from underneath you and you're suddenly a hyper aware um, of just how of, of our mortality <laughs> um, but also you know just how little control we have over certain things happening just how much we're at the mercy of nature at the mercy of things around us and I think that was something that we'd probably all been ignoring I certainly was uh, a lot in my day-to-day life um, And so, yeah, it's just caused me to then focus on the things that I do have control over um, to a degree. And and those things are the way in which I perceive certain situations, the attitude I bring to each moment. And look, this all sounds very philosophical, but like, what does it really look like day to day life? And I think I I take it honestly, hour by hour. It's like, okay. I'm waking up. How am I feeling? All right, connecting. It's like, you know what? I'm feeling a little bit anxious at the moment. So I'm just going to stop and breathe through this. It might be a breathing exercise. It might be um, FaceTiming a friend. It might be uh, reading something to just take me out of, you know, out of the sort of media attention on coronavirus. Um, other times it's actually connecting in with that sort of stuff and actually going, okay, well, what is going on? What, are, what is the science saying? What are the stats saying now? Um, how are we doing as a global community? What's the government saying? So it's just, it's basically being a shit ton more present, really. You know what I mean? Which is something mm-hmm. that, yeah, I, de- I definitely can say, safely say that I, wa- I wasn't shamefully. You know, despite being one of the people at the forefront of the wellness, you know, space saying like, make sure you be present. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's one of these like really interesting things where we're in a moment of wake up where we've been, uh, I've been saying this, given or gifted a moment to pause and to Hmm. realize actually there's a lot to consider. And I mean, 
you know, you and I sound very similar in the sense of, you know, uh, I used to come from the world of I need to control everything. I need to understand what's happening at all times. And maybe mm -hmm. this is a moment to appreciate how much we actually can't control anything. Mm -hmm. Um uh, I mean, and you probably see that a lot as well, and not just kind of in your life and lifestyle, but in a lot of the disciplines. I know you do a lot with fitness and yoga and yep. movement. I mean, arguably, some people would think, okay, well, that's actually quite a noisy practice, fitness activities, movement activities. But I mean, in your mind, is is that something that you're doing for the sake of, of um, kind of moving for the sake of it? Or is there something bigger there for you that actually, I mean, supports more than just, I guess, the physical well-being? Look, I think movement has always been about, to be honest, for me, it's about honoring and respecting the vessel <laughs> and not to get too esoteric or dogmatic on you. But it's like, you know, um, I know I'm, I know I, <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir here when I talk about the fact that, you know, the body is a vessel for us to have, you know, this experience that we call life. Um, now, even if you don't necessarily resonate with that concept, um, I think, physical exercise is an opportunity to express the respect you have for your body. And it's not necessarily about jumping from a place of like uh, self-loathing self to self-love, because I think sometimes when people throw around this term of like self-love, self-love, it's a practice in self-love. It's like, if you're feeling really shitty about yourself for whatever reason, if you're feeling really down, it's very difficult to go from, you know, a place of feeling down to then just suddenly in, you know, in the matter of one workout being like, yeah, cool. Like I love myself. It's just not, it's like completely doesn't exist. So, um, exercise and movement practices for me are a practice in self-respect. Um, and I think that, look, if we come, I actually was writing about this yesterday because, you know, I'm sure many, many of us have seen a huge inundation of home workouts and home fitness plans yeah. coming out in their feed now. And it's almost a little bit annoying. I saw a hilarious meme, which was like, here's my self my self care quarantine practice today. And it was like a screenshot of this, this girl muting, um, muting words on her Instagram. Cause apparently you can do that. You can mute words to come up. Um, and it was homework. <laughs> and I thought that was quite hilarious. And so I understand the resentment that many people are probably starting to harbor for this push and this, like the fitness community pushing, you know, stay active, but I'm going to be really honest. Your body and your brain can't function without movement. And I will give you just one example. The lymphatic system, which is heavily connected to your immune system, relies on your movement in order to push lymphatic fluid through, through the body. I know you know this, Michael, but I'm just sort of saying it for everyone else. So it's when you move, you're pushing that lymphatic fluid. This is how the body detoxifies and I get uncomfortable with that word but you know your body is naturally detoxifying all the time that's how how it has its own defense mechanism so if you're not moving if you become stagnant your immune system and your immune function is to a degree somewhat compromised so sure it's not as it's not as fun as being able to go outside or go to the gym or do whatever it was that you used to do but it's imperative it's imperative for your physical health and well-being and your mental health and well-being that you continue to move your body and push that lymphatic fluid around.
Yeah, and I mean, what what if you're not naturally uh, a physically motivated person? And now, obviously, we've all been told to stay indoors. We've been told to get really quiet inside the house. I mean, is, is there things that maybe you could do or would work if for someone who's quite naturally maybe leans towards Netflix as opposed to getting up and doing stuff? Yeah, and you know what? I have to say, this has like this is something that I think is plaguing us as a society, not just um, not just after you know, this coronavirus, it's like, actually, this is something people have to deal with every day. Um, prior to this, it's something that we've been trying to understand for a long, long period of time. It's like, why some people feel more inclined to exercise and move than others. Um, and look, I think you have to improvise to a degree. It doesn't take as much as you think. Like, you could set aside five minutes. Now, I'm not saying five minutes a day would be enough. But there are a few ways to approach it and it really depends on your personality. But if you did five minutes, let's say every hour or two hours, even if you really, really hated it, I think, I think even someone that loves Netflix and hates movement could handle putting aside five minutes for this. I really do. Five minutes every hour. And that would just facilitate a little bit more movement in your life across the course of the day. So there are plenty of opportunities. And hey, it's not just exercise. Like it's not just getting on a yoga mat and doing, you know, 10 air squats and some burpees. It can be a bunch of things. It's just about full body movement and resistance-based movement too. So, you know, even if you're like putting on your favorite tunes and dancing, you know, get into doing the laundry a little bit more, you know, like hang your clothes up, um, get creative, decide that you're going to clean like dust to the top of your bookshelf or whatever, you know, it's like doing things that are making things a bit more active, like clean out your bookshelf and have to carry all the books from one side of the room to the other or, or whatever it is. It's like the exercise for the record guys was something that we had to make up to compensate for the lack of movement that we now have in our sedentary lifestyles so you don't have to get overcomplicated about it you don't have to get really intricate with it and be like oh but is this muscle activating in the right way and this and blah blah blah. it's like do you know what like we had to make this (laughs) this shit up because we became very sedentary creatures which is, which is outside of our evolutionary biology. So if you really hate movement, then uh, that's problematic because it goes against human nature. Um, so start by trying to love movement. And then as you love movement, you're then going to go, hmm, okay, I do love movement, but hang on. Actually, this is starting to hurt a little bit. And that means that I can't, I can't move, move well. What's going on there? And that starts to form it's just a small seed that starts to grow and then you start to think okay well what is why is my shoulder hurting you're like oh it's because my scapula is not activating properly okay and then you start researching and you're like how do I activate my scapula properly and then you look into it and you go oh okay I've got to do more back work my posture's been a bit funky so it's like it's a knock-on effect you just have to you just have to start and start small and it will blossom into a garden I promise you the garden of hashtag Fitzbo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I really like that idea of starting small, but also actually even more what you said a second ago of this idea of almost like functional movement around the house, whether it's emptying a bookshelf and putting the books back on, whether it's cleaning right. out that one little room or under the bed. I mean, this sense of actually movement not having to be uh, let's say, quote unquote, exercise that is timed or that squats need to be had. 
right like three sets of like 10 reps or whatever yeah exactly exactly I remember uh, I forget who I was talking to the other day and maybe it's something to to maybe uh, I mean you have a take on as well that they were saying and I laughed a little bit because they're saying you know if you're if you're stuck at home for long periods of time um, go into your room and change your outfit every hour because the amount of kind of moving around you need to do to kind of put on different outfits every every hour just actually means you're bending down sitting up tying your shoes putting on a jacket buttoning things up there's just this sense of of kind of basic uh human movement that we sometimes forget is so valuable because we can get stuck behind a computer or stuck on a sofa and now even more we have this invitation to get quiet but also we we need to remind ourselves that the invitation is actually to retune into maybe the basic functions of being human and movement oftentimes creates this beautiful sense of quietness because the physical activity creates the mental stillness or the mental clarity and i know that's a big thing for you of of movement is about creating another effect or another experience it's not just for the sake of moving for the sake no, of moving exactly right 100% it's interesting because one of the questions that, I, that is coming up a lot is this fear of people, um, you know, not, they're sort of concerned. I mean, not too many people have been concerned because there's also the, the element of people worrying about food and things like that. But um, we don't need to be worrying about that yet. But <laughs> it's one of those things where exercise, so in terms of like weight gain and and um, and weight loss or whatever, your there are two things that we need to consider here. Like exercise activity thermogenesis um, is like the burning of calories through your exercise, uh, through exercise that you've chosen to go and do. And then there's another thing called NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Now, funnily enough, it's actually your non-exercise activity thermogenesis that contributes more to the burning of calories throughout your total daily energy expenditure. So what I mean by that is um, over the course of the day, all the little movements you do from like hair flicking to getting changed, putting your clothes on to, um, you know, whatever, doing the laundry, doing housework, walking to and from somewhere or whatever, that is what we bracket as non-activity, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. And that stuff contributes more to your overall potential for weight loss, if that's a goal of yours, or if that was something you were working on prior to being sort of put into the lockdown, um, then, then your kind of workouts that you do. So I just, the reason I guess I want to say that is that I know a lot of people are panicking and it's like, trust me, like that's not something that you need to be concerning yourself with. So don't aggressively go out and try and smash your workouts at home and go really hard in times of high stress like this. If anything, you know, keep the workouts, um, not necessarily relatively easy, but just really tune in and be like, okay, am I really feeling like I have the energy and the mental state to be smashing out a hit workout? Or instead, could I just be doing a lot of movement throughout my day and try to stay active throughout the house um, instead and still be working towards those potential weight loss goals if they were something that you had in your, you know, in your goal list, um, rather than feeling getting, you know, stressed over, over smashing yourself at a time that's, you know, we have to honor the stress that we're all under. Yeah, I really like that that 
what, what you're saying about the almost like the sum of the parts or that the small changes kind of make big changes for our well-being mm -hmm. and I, I think you make a really good point that I mean I think people when as we move indoors kind of maybe a part of their brain switches and goes oh no now I need to double <laughs> right. things up triple things up I need to I need to do this the 17 home workouts <laughs> that I see and I think I mean your point is really really valid of you know we are like it or not being uh, put under more stress and duress. We have a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of mental load that's going yeah. on right now. And maybe fighting that with, let's say, 2X, 3X, 4X type of fitness actually isn't the best support for that. And this idea of respect, respect. you know, respecting the situation, right. uh, you know, is such a, I think, a really powerful thing. And I think a lot of people will either uh, relate to that, resonate to that, or maybe that's a bit of a wake right. up that, you know, because you're inside the house, you can't just go, okay, now that I have, you know, 12 hours indoors from 8am to 8pm that I should use all of that time just to kind of, you know, be on the floor rolling around or jumping up and down, that maybe one of the best ways to support our physical fitness uh, is actually to take some time to rest, totally. to relax, to let the body respond to the huge amount of uh, world noise and, and kind of uh, stress that's that's being given to us right now amongst other things. I have to say that I feel this is something that as a trainer, I've never been able to um, get people on a mass scale like this to really value. It's take, like it takes a lot longer, like n nowhere so I guess what I'm trying to say is the way this this um, situation or having a global pandemic and, and the way it's panned out in that people are now having to isolate and, and be with themselves a whole lot more means that they have to they're having to tune in to the needs of their body a lot more. And this has been something that as a trainer, I've been trying to get people to do do and to value practicing but I'm always at the mercy um, or, or at a battle with you know their jobs and the busyness of life and you know that all the temptations that exist around us like social events and things like that drugs alcohol <laughs> sex all of those things that kind of can distract us from listening in and you know I'm not just talking about listening into your emotions I'm actually talking about listening into what your body is asking for and there's no other circumstance where I think I would be able to um, or, or where we would be able to get such a tuning in on such a global scale I, I don't think that there is so so it's really it's really helpful for me now as a trainer to be able to say to people like okay like what else are you going to do? Let's listen in, right? Like you're going to run out of distractions very quickly. So let's just tune in, sit down on that mat or lie down on that mat. And like, what, what are you feeling right now in your body? And then, I mean, in, in your opinion as well, how, how is it that people can start to maybe listen in or understand what actually the body is asking for? Like, are, are there cues that we can look mm -hmm. for? Are there ways that we should be kind of, you know, this means that, you know, one plus one equals <laughs> this. But I mean, what, what, how do we know? I mean, I wish it was, I, I speak to, I'm studying maths at the moment because I'm, it's part of my, um, it's part of my psych degree that I'm doing. And it's funny because I now have come to realize why people that love maths, why they really love it. 
And so much of what they say is because they love the certainty of it. In, a, in an uncertain world, there's mm-hmm. something very certain um, and, and clear about mathematics. And it's true. And I've come to realize I'm like, oh, so y'all are all control freaks. <laughs> and you like that you can control <laughs> the variables or at least predict them. And now I get it. Whereas before I didn't get it. And um, I have to say that the, it do, when it comes to the body, one plus one does not equal two always. Yeah. It's like it, it, for the most part it does, but not always because there are just so many variables at play. Our psychology is at play in affecting our body, our circumstances, our environment, our genetics. It all plays a huge part. And um, it, it's very difficult to be in tune with it. But guess what? Lo and behold, like movement is a very good way to get feedback. Everything that you're doing in your life is information for the body. So if you spend a lot of time in a chair, then that's information that the body receives and then goes, okay, she's spending a lot of time in chairs. We are her her vessel. Let's make her better at sitting in chairs. So this is the thing. There's a thing uh, called specific the said principle, which means specific adaptation to imposed demands. And what it's saying is that your body will adapt to whatever specific demands that you impose upon it. And demands is like stress that you impose upon it. So a workout is a form of stress. Lifting a weight or a heavy thing is a form of stress. Um, It's not just referring to stress or a demand like your job or a divorce or things like that. So now it's about thinking, okay, well, what stress am I going to induce on my body based on what outcome I want from that. So what is it that I want to have in a body? What is it that I want it to be able to do? So you have to be moving in order to get the feedback from your body about what is or isn't happening. Does that make sense? Like that, yeah. That makes sense. So remind me again what, what the, the acronym is, specific adaptation. Yeah, it's, it's called the SED principle, and it's specific adaptation to imposed demands. And it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, it's one of the things that I love about the human body, like or, or all bodies, really, because I think they, most, most bodies do this. But it's, I think it's so fantastic that our body will adapt to whatever it is that we do more of. Like, how cool yeah. is that? That means that you have the possibility to adapt to stress, And we're one of the most resilient creatures on the planet. Um, And we will get through this, by the way. That's my little special soapbox moment. But um, but it's like, you know, your body will will adapt to whatever movement that you are doing, but you need to be imposing a certain level of demand upon it. So if you wake up and you're just sitting on the couch all day watching Netflix, like that's that's what you're demanding upon your body that's what your body's going to deliver or not deliver you know if that's the information it gets absolutely and 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 would you say that your body works just like your brain that it has this ability to adapt to to these demands and i guess in this bigger conversation of the world as it plays now there there's uh, obviously a natural adaptation that needs to happen um I mean, so, yeah. I mean, right, we, we're, we're been, as I said, given or gifted this 
collective consciousness of of space and of either reflection or awareness and now everyone seems to be aware that there there is change on the horizon as there always is but now great change and even this need for evolution through this you know this pandemic through this kind of um you know this big confrontation so, I mean, with the fitness stuff and the sense of movement and the sense of exercise, I mean, what what do you think is maybe the easiest link that we can make to our mental health and well-being to kind of take care of ourselves when we're when we're at home or when we're by ourselves now and maybe a little more isolated or distant kind of um, positions that we're in? Um, look, I think... For those people that really dislike movement that might be listening, um, I feel like maybe the podcast won't won't necessarily reach them because I feel like people that follow you and and me probably have at least a, a small love for at the at the very least have a love for movement. Um, but I think on those days that you're feeling really uh, unmotivated, um, you know, start simpler. Like just introduce a movement that you that you might love. Like I personally, like for me, I put on music and I start dancing. Now, if I just put on a great song but didn't move my body, I'm sure that I wouldn't feel as good as what I do when I can put on music and then dance and groove, right? So even if you don't love dancing, I'm talking about like just moving, allowing the pulse of the, the music yeah. um, and your alignment with that to, to, to influence you, right? This isn't about whether you're good or bad at it. Um, and I think that as soon as you do that, you realize like, whoa, I do feel better. And there's a reason for that. And it doesn't just have to do with the music. It has to do with the fact that you've just moved your body. So sometimes that can be motivation enough and you suddenly go, oh, shit, I do feel better after moving more. So hopefully you can then make the link and say, okay, okay, if this makes me feel better, I'm going to chuck on a 10-minute workout and I'm going to see how that, that does make me feel at home. And I, I, more often than not, and I would say at least like 95% of the time, you're going to, maybe even 98, let's throw it out there, anecdotal, but let's throw it out there, is that you're going to go, shit, like I'm glad I did that. I feel a lot better. You know, I feel a lot better. Uh, and when I say feel, I'm not just talking about in your body, you're going to feel better in your mind as well. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. I'm, I'm often, I uh, can be guilty on different days of feeling inspired to move and other days, not so much. And I think exactly what you said of, uh, oftentimes it's not until the end or the after effect where you actually really see the, the benefit and the value. And I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes it's about just knowing in the greater maybe perspective of, uh, physical being that moving the body, putting yourself into action, the, you have this greater sense of well-being completely. Um, and I know for me, that's something that I have to remind myself of, of, of sometimes, especially now that, you know, I guess I'm inside the house a little bit more, um, is that, you know, I do need to stand up. I do need to move around. I do need to say, you know what, this is as good as brushing my teeth. I might not be great in the moment, but actually I know that there's a, a greater cause and a greater benefit at hand. Exactly. Have you always been kind of a, 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 I guess, someone who loved to move or was there a kind of a moment in your life where it's like, oh, I, I realize this is valuable or you just kind of always kind of came out kicking, screaming, dancing and, and, and backflipping? I, 
I have to say, so I, I was a gymnast from a very, very young age. Like my parents threw me into gymnastics when I was like four years old. And then I was struck from that to the, pulled into the um, elite program uh, to train as an elite gymnast. So yes, like movement has always been a huge part of my life, but you know, both my parents, but especially my mom uh, loves to run and she's very, very much about, you know, she really instilled very strong values in me around movement, not had nothing. She never talked about her weight. She never talked about, um, you know, trying to look a certain way. She was just always like, come on, we're going for a run or this is how, and, and you know what? She didn't even force me to do it. There was no, she just led by example. She was just very much like, um, you know, she still does. I'm, so, I'm speaking her in the past tense. She's still alive, thankfully. But she, you know, she very much will, will get up and go for a run because she recognizes how important it is for the way she feels. Rarely does she talk about her physical appearance. Um, and I just, I think that she's led by example. That's a much more powerful experience for your children than sort of telling them what to do, you know, and forcing them to do it without you actually doing it as well. Um, but yes, so so to answer your question, I, I, I probably have always been someone that's really loved movement and have been very lucky to have, you know, the influence of my parents around that. However, um, I will say that, you know, there are definitely times where I feel a lull in my motivation. And one of the probably the downsides of being an, an athlete uh, from very young age and training with such a like rigorous intensity was that later in life uh, and now when I move I'm in coming into my 33rd year on the planet um, I have to say that one of the, my biggest downfalls is that if I'm not training for a performance goal I find it difficult to stay joyful and excited um, and consistent with my training and that's me being very, very honest with you guys, because obviously I'm one of those people that's like, just get up and get it done. But I have to say that unless I'm really following something that, you know, has some clear outcomes and some clear specific performance improvements, I'm sort of like, oh, shit, it's hard to it's hard to motivate yourself just for, you know, hell which is this very abstract concept that sure. changes from person to person day to day. So I'm trying to now as I, as I move through my life, as I move into what feels like a sort of second phase, um, to really honor the, the aspect of like moving for the sake of, you know, of, of health, of bone mineral density, of cardiovascular fitness because of what it's going to do for my circulatory system, for my respiratory system, for my, uh, you know, immune system. It's, it's basically looking at how can I, yes, prolong my life so that I live longer, but not just live longer because I don't want to live longer if I'm stuck in a, you know, sick place. I, I want to live with a longer, a, a bigger quality of life. And exercise facilitates that. It does. It facilitates my ability to do the things that I love, which is jujitsu, which is skating, which is surfing, which is traveling, which is carrying my luggage all around crazy countries that I haven't been to yet. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that's, the way that I try to encourage people to see exercise now. And unfortunately, it's not always going to be fun. You know, it's not. Just Breathe is an organization focused on real-world connections, in person, online, and in mass. We create shared experiences which bring people together and celebrate the power of doing less 
in a more meaningful way. Take a moment to download the Just Breathe app, our simple and easy to use app with guided meditations and soundtracks, created and recorded specially to calm the mind and ease the body. We've literally put the power of mindfulness in the palm of your hand, and even more, it's free. So download the app now on all iPhone and Android devices, and for more information about our growing conversation, visit us at justbreatheproject.com, where you'll find more about our other podcasts, video content, and amazing opportunities to connect. And follow along on Instagram at justbreathe. You mentioned earlier this whole thing about, you know, exercise was created to almost uh, convince us to move around in this sedentary life. For someone at home right now, and I'm going to actually ask you to maybe answer this separately. Is, I mean, what what is one exercise type of thing that they could do and whether that's kind of on a yoga mat or replacing kind of their, their weights with chairs and all these kind of things versus what's one kind of movement thing. And you mentioned kind of like restocking your shelves or emptying your bookcases. I mean, what are the, what, what are two different practices you could do? One being exercise versus movement. Yeah. Um, to be honest, it's funny. So for exercise, like I would really encourage full body, big movement, multi-joint exercises. So things like squats, um, things like lunges. I love lunges so much. And there are so many different variations of lunges. It's such a human movement. It's really healthy for your hips, moves your hips through different ranges of motion. Um, trying to move in a sort of multi-plane manner where um, the different planes of movement, so forwards and backwards, side to side, twisting, rotating, things like that, um, those are all can all be kind of fit into a workout. And that's really what we're trying to, in a workout, we're mimicking what humans do or what, what they would have been doing if they were maybe like hunting or gathering or doing things like that. Um, unless it's for sport, which is a whole different kettle of fish. But for most of us, we're not playing sport anymore. So we can just put that to the side for a sec. In terms of like movement around your house, yeah, I mean, I think that there's loads. Like as I said, you know, now's a great time to clean out your bookshelf or reorder your books in a – I know this sounds so – this might sound so boring for some, but I actually um, – one of my friends, uh, her name's uh, Dilly, but she has a, an Instagram handle. I'm just going to shout her out. Declutter Dollies. I think it's Declutter Dollies. Anyway, she basically comes around and she helps to declutter your house and she's absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, she's kind of like Mary Kondo 2.0. Like I feel like she's just so, so, so amazing at it. It's a really spiritual pro- process. And she came and helped me actually twice when I was in the UK and she was amazing at it. But she ordered, reordered my my books in um, color order. And so I had this beautiful rainbow um, uh, of books and she just kind of, she, she I don't know what it, she's just got something, uh, something in her brain that is wired this way. And she was like, oh, let's do this. And it looked incredible. It actually was one of those things that I was like, shit, why didn't I do that? So now it's one of the things that I love to do when I move into a new place. So I've just moved into a new place and I can't wait to actually do that with all my books. I know it sounds so geeky and nerdy, but it is, it, it's actually quite a lot of work to declutter and to rearrange everything. Um, and I think that decluttering and it requires so much human movement. 
Um, so it's a really good time to do that now. And I think check out her page, have a look at what she's, what she's doing. And, and yeah, just, I, I think that's a good movement practice because it's quite a spiritual practice as well. You know, throwing away things you don't need. Um, you're having to face things that maybe you were over hoarding. Perhaps you've buried emotions with, you know, cluttering things away. You can, it sort of stimulates you to then like journal about something. Maybe you find something from an ex, like a past relationship and you're like, shit, my God. And then, you know, you get some new developments from it as you look back on it. Like decluttering is a very amazing spiritual practice as well as a great movement practice for sure as well. I think that is absolutely phenomenal. This whole idea of, I mean, now being the moment for, for decluttering. And I think the way that you, you, you've said that is, is, is just perfect as, as a way for people to maybe use this as, as a point of inspiration. Um, I mean, I mean, lunges and, and books. I mean, it's a great way to look at it. Um, and, and just while we're on, I know, I mean, and just while we're on this, because I know you've just mentioned you moved to a new place. I think as, as a slightly uh, last turn, um, I think it's really interesting as well, because, you know, for those of you guys listening, um, you might not know that I'm actually sitting here in London and Shona's in Sydney, Australia right now. And I think there's something really unique, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say unique, about how the world is globally connected uh, and aware right now. I mean, I mean, what's it like down there in Australia right now? Uh, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's very relaxed and it's probably a little too relaxed if I'm honest. I think people, and, and not to say that people should be panicking, but I think there's a difference between like, fear and then respect. Um, and I think that maybe we need to be more respectful of, um, yeah, of what's about to go on. Australians have a beautiful approach to, to things in that way is that they, they tend not to panic. Um, although we still, there were still wars going on, uh, in the, uh, in the shopping. I don't know if you guys had the same thing with the toilet paper and the, I, I know you had toilet paper, like panic buying and stuff like that, but we, you know, in Australia, there were actually like fights going on in the, in the shops, um, over toilet paper, um, which is, you know, (laughs) disappointing expression of humanity. (laughs) But anyway, um, I think that the social distancing, um, you know, being really respectful of that distance, even in public spaces. So, you know, Australians are very outdoorsy and it's amazing, but because people aren't at work as much anymore, they're now down at the beach. And the, the, when I went down to the beach yesterday, I had a look and it was just absolutely so packed that I thought this is not safe. (laughs) You know, this is not honoring and respecting. And I don't know what the answer is because it's not, I mean, who am I to be like, you all should go home. It's like, there I am at the beach as well. (laughs) But I was like, "Mm, I feel uncomfortable here because this doesn't feel like we're really respecting the fact that we could easily be transferring, you know, the coronavirus. Sure. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Look at right now. What what's the date today? It's like uh, it's the twentieth of the March today? here in London, and it's the twenty first for okay, you. Okay, so it's the twenty first for me. Exactly. So we'll see. Twenty first, this was done. We'll see what happens in another another few weeks. I think a lot of people also know it's coming just through watching what's happening with the rest of the world. So they're trying to maximize. We're trying to get out and be in nature and things like that. Um, 
So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I think everywhere in the world is is in a different phase of, of this, let's call it conversation. Exactly. And I think maybe one of the, the greatest positives that I've seen from this all is the amount of outreach and uh, connection and support from, from all over the world of, you know, just friends from all over going, hey, how's everything going down there? Hey, how you doing over there? And just this, this sense of humanity that maybe is we're reminding ourselves of actually how important it is just to check in on each other. And I, and I, and I say that, yeah. or, and I see that, uh, so much more, uh, even in the past kind of 48 hours, 72 hours here of, of people really appreciating that even in this, you know, this moment of great uniqueness, that there is a lot of people who are reminded how valuable it is to stay connected to each other. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, thank you so much for, you know, having a little bit of time to, to chat to us. I know how many people are going to see a huge value in, in, you know, all the little nuggets that you shared. I know for me, this is really beautiful sense of um, having a simple moment to declutter, to, to put the, you know, put the house back in order, put the body back in order, give ourselves this this refreshment is, is a really nice, simple takeaway. And I think, you know, regardless of whether you have a big movement practice or fitness is a big part of your life, or, you know, it's something that maybe can be sparked in this moment of less busyness. I think a lot of the things you said are such a great way to put people on the path, keep them on the path, or, you know, take them forward on a path that continues that sense of physical well-being that impacts their greater well-being. Exactly. Agreed. And it's like, it's something that we couldn't have, you know, no amount of promotion and sharing and all this sort of stuff could have provided the lessons that we're all going to experience through this. And I think, you know, I, I hate to say it, but it's like, what is it about adversity that's just the best teacher? <laughs> like why? It's such a bittersweet aspect of life, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, it's a very existential approach, but it's kind of like, oh God, well, not existential, but it seems a little bit dark. It's sort of like, why is it that we learn most in our pain? Why do they have to be the most profound lessons? But yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. And I think that that is the one silver lining through this, through this situation. Yeah. And, and I think that that is kind of the, the, the nice bit of takeaway is that, you know, we do learn a lot through adversity and a lot of times it's what we learn and what we take forward that help us grow as humans and as individuals. And I think the way that you phrase that in this opportunity to, to take positive from maybe what might seem as a negative situation is that the positive outlook and perspective on life, on our well-being, on our mental health, on our fitness is choices that we make. And hopefully they're done with positive intentions and with a little bit of support and help from, from our friends and people like you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. So, no, thank you so much for, for chatting. Now, uh, for you guys listening, if you want to find out more or follow along with Shona, she has lots of places you can find her. Um, best places are to get connected with her on Instagram at, at Shona underscore virtue. I know she, you've got lots of live YouTube workouts um, that you're doing all the time now um, while everyone is kind of in this um, this phase of, of moving back inside. And then obviously lots of stuff on ShonaVirtue.com. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with or any last words of wisdoms you want to share? No, I feel like we've covered, I feel like we've covered a lot. Um, wash your hands, stay hydrated, uh, and, uh, don't forget to call your mom if you can. <laughs> yeah. 
Thanks so much, Shona. Thank you. And um, we uh, and you and I will chat again soon. I can't wait to see you back in London whenever uh, next time we're all allowed back on airplanes and back. To Absolutely, I can't wait. We're gonna have like long hugs and all the things that are like completely not allowed right now. I'm like, yes, I can't wait to hug my friends. It, and I mean, this moment's gonna this moment's gonna remind us how important hugs are. Like and long hugs, like the ones where you wait for the the yeah. oxytocin to release. Absolutely, can't wait for that. Beautiful. All right, guys, we will see you on the next episode of The Quiet Life. We'll catch you soon. Be safe out there. Don't forget to follow along for daily episodes of The Quiet Life. And make sure you follow at Just Breathe on Instagram and at Michael James Wong to keep live, to keep up to date, and to keep in touch with this community. Thanks, guys. See you again soon.